What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. I turned on your mic right when... That's good. You said that. <laughs> I didn't even have the stream up. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, Brandon usually has to give me a countdown because he doesn't share his camera anymore. <laughs> so he has to uh, tell me when to go when the YouTube stream starts. And I didn't even have the YouTube video up. He's <laughs> three seconds. And I was like, okay, oh, <laughs> sweet mama. Uh, but thanks for joining us. We're starting a little bit late today. Why is that? Well, yesterday we couldn't do it. And then this morning we both overslept and forgot we were going to do a <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, uh, but we're here. Um, as you can see, there's a lot more space back here. So much more room for activities. Um, <laughs> there's not a treadmill and loads of junk to hold me in. I got my lighting, got a nice little white light. So anyways, um, got a, got a lot to talk about today. Drew Locke, as you see on the title, is he the real deal? It's a bit aggressive. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what we're going with, but uh, he played well. So we'll, we'll talk about Drew Locke's game and uh, the Broncos game overall, in which I thought they would win, but I ended up switching my pick because Garrett Bowles wasn't going to play, and now I'm just kicking myself. But we'll talk about that, a little bit about the Nuggets' uh, first preseason game in which they lost, but there was some some nice things to take away from that. So Got a lot to talk about today, but first let's get started with the Denver Broncos win um, over the Carolina Panthers, which, I mean, I think everybody would agree this is by far the best team game that they had, even though the defense was trying their hardest to lose yeah. the game at the end. Yeah, the, the defense wasn't very good throughout the game. No. Other than in maybe I would the, say early. Early they the were first, good. Yeah, the, the well... Yeah, I would say the first quarter and a half. I think once Carolina kind I mean, of sped up the game, I would they say kind of fell apart there. But even through three quarters, I mean, they held them to ten points through three. Yeah, quarters. they held them to ten points. So I mean, it was that fourth quarter where they gave up seventeen, um, right, right from the jump. So uh, no, but it was the best team game they put together for. Well, almost everybody put together four quarters, and uh, Drew Lock he put together four quarters on Sunday. Kudos to him. It was definitely by far his best game of the season, and there's no doubting that. 21 of 27, 280 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. He was only sacked one time. He did fumble once. Um, I don't know how much you can put that on him. That wasn't, that wasn't on him. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that guy came in like a screaming missile. That's usually what I look like when I run into Crumble Cookie, and well, I take funny. the from them. So. That, in some other games I watched, that should have been a penalty. <laughs> uh, on I don't Rocky think Pastor. so. Well, I mean, some of that. Well, some of the other games, there was some calls that that were weren't even as bad as that, and yeah. they got flagged. I, it's just it's the the call is inconsistent. But um, I mean, I yeah, thought it was a it, clean hit, but you know, I th- well, I thought it was too. But the way he drove him into the ground, which which is what caused the fumble, um, that would have been a flag in a few other games. Gotcha. <laughs> but, okay. So, uh, but either you know, way, I mean. It was, it was a solid game from Drew Locke. Played his yeah. best game of the, the year. Um, you know, it took us to, to week 14 to get that. But definitely his second, I would call this a flash game. This is yeah. his second flash game. I personally still think that Houston game was better last year. Um, and, and coincidentally, did you know both of those games happened in week 14 of the season? Um, yeah, exactly a year ago. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I still think that Houston game was better um, I know a lot of people think this one was better. I just think that one was better, one, because it was against a playoff caliber team. It was Drew Locke's first road start. 
He threw for more yards, one less touchdown, and I think he did have a pick in that game. Um, but, I mean, it was, a, like I said, playoff caliber team. Now, Houston was coming off of a huge win, so it was kind of a letdown game for them. Uh, but still, I just thought that one was a little bit more impressive. Uh, but yesterday, yeah. he was great. He was great yesterday. Because this or, month, you're Sunday. going up against... What a seventeen, eighteenth ranked pass defense. Yeah, the um, and that's that's the thing, and we can break this down. Like, did Drew Lock play awesome Sunday? Yes. However, the Carolina Panthers are not a great defense. Now you only can play who's on your schedule. So mm-hmm. he, you know, I I would rather him look good, like you know, look good in any given game like this. It doesn't matter whether it's the Jets, uh, the Ravens, the Bills, or the Carolina Panthers, and he did that. So kudos to him. Was there a lot of resistance? No, because it's the Carolina Panthers. But he still has to go out there and make the plays because we've seen even against bad teams, he doesn't play very well. So, listen, he played great. Uh, I'm still not sold. Now, I do think this is the step in the right direction because I think now we're starting to see that the offense is not relying solely on him to make every play. I think we've seen a considerable change in play calling, um, you know, we've gone away from, I, I'd be curious to see how many snaps they were in shotgun versus how many snaps they were under center with Drew Locke, because I think that's been a shift. I think they've stayed committed to the run game. Um, even though they didn't break a hundred yards Sunday, Melvin Gordon was 13 carries 68. Philip Lindsay was 11 carries 24 and Drew Locke even had six carries himself. So they're staying committed even when they're not, I mean, it was only 3.2 yards per carry. So that's not great. It's fine. Uh, he's solid, but um, they're staying committed to it. And they're not putting too much on Drew Locke. They're allowing him to take shots when the shots are there. He's not forcing the ball downfield. He's finally taking what the defense is giving him, it looks like. Still can't complete a pass to Jerry Judy for his life, which I, I just don't understand. But um, he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's not forcing and pressing. Now I think the next step is not only doing this for one game, but stringing games together. But also, I'm curious to see, and I'm glad that a good football team is coming up this week in the Buffalo Bills, because I want to see when things get messy, when things don't go their way and they can't stay on track, then how does he react? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing, the one thing that stands out to me is I see eight total receptions by tight ends um nine total targets uh and Noah Fant didn't play um or well he uh, he was in early but he he yeah, got he, out he got hurt so i mean that's that's something where we we haven't really seen a ton of um and that's a lot partly because Drew Lock i mean he just wouldn't take the check down he wouldn't take the easy throws those were all easy throws to his tight ends and it resulted in a touchdown to Vanette. Um, you know, Hamler, that, that stat line, two catches, 86 yards and two touchdowns. That's exactly what you want to see from KJ Hamler. Um, that's your, um, you know, that that's a breakdown type of player that can, you know, if, if you're hitting these, you know, short passes to Vanette or, you know, even Judy, Patrick, whoever, and you're getting a short pass, short pass, short pass. Eventually, you're gonna hit one, uh, and that's that's what KJ Hamler is there for. So, uh, that's the offense looked exactly how it should have looked since week one. I uh, I don't I don't know why you know 
the Broncos, it really the the problem with the Broncos is they just have never seemed to have a plan. And they've kind of just why why fire your offensive coordinator when you go four and one in your last five with your rookie quarterback? You know, it 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 doesn't and the offense is starting to actually look pretty good. Um, not great, but they were at, they at least were moving. That was something that, you know, and then you and then you change your whole offense, by the way, on 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 your you know young quarterback. So it just it it never again they're just poorly run and and at the end of the day when you're poorly run you just make bad decisions uh and you hurt your players and that's what that's what this kind of resulted in now do i think that if they if they keep on going with this system um i would watch browns and what the browns do with baker uh if you do that would you luck will he be as good as baker i don't know but that is that is I think the only way where you're gonna have success with your lock. Well, and I think too, and you you mentioned Baker. Like, what 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 has changed with Baker? The one, the coaching staff and the GM has changed, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think they've brought in a a coach and a staff that realizes, okay, Baker has talent, but Baker's not at a point in his career, or may not ever be at a point in his career where he can will a team. And to be fair, like there's not a lot of those type of quarterbacks in the league. I mean, that that's why there's only a certain amount of elite guys and why there's like three or four guys that seem to make it to a Super Bowl very often. So what do you have to do, especially with the younger quarterbacks? And we saw this with like Russell Wilson. And this is not a knock on QBs if you have to go this route to start your career. Tom Brady had to do it as well. When you rely on a running game and a defense and you game manage... You can be successful that way. And this offense, which is the West Coast offense, and and Tyler Columbus was talking about it yesterday on the drive a lot. um, This is a very successful offense. That Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, that West Coast, that's what Skangarello was running last year. So I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw Drew Locke go on a little run last year with that offense. And then now that we're starting to see more of that type of scheme being implemented, oh, wow, he played his best game of the year. So... Which is kind of weird to me because Drew Locke wasn't under center a lot at Missouri, and now he's having the most success of his career under center. Well, I, just, I, think I think it's, it's kind of funny. It's a lot of giving him space and giving him wide open receivers, and that's where, because especially when his wide open receiver is his first target, his first target isn't the deep ball. That's hey, if you see it, go for it. But your first targets are you know over the middle of the field, uh, wide open, you know, you're rolling to your right, rolling to your left, whatever. Um, so I think it's just really simplifying the offense for him. No, it's definitely what it is. Um, it's a and, lot and of that's like what, that's what, Yeah, and that's what Cleveland does w- with Baker. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, if you go back and, and look, Baltimore's defense isn't very good. But when you watch a lot of Cleveland games, it's, it's a lot of, I mean, they started off the game. I don't know how many... Uh, bootlegs they did but holy moly i think they ran five straight all to the same side and cleveland still can or uh, baltimore still can stop them uh so you know that's you're giving you're giving your quarterback space to where he has he doesn't have to worry about 
you know, the, the pocket. He doesn't have to worry about getting pressured. And you have everyone moving towards the right, and you're going to have someone wide open, usually. So they're playing to his strengths right now. They're not giving him a lot to read on the field. Um, you know, it's two wide receiver routes and, and maybe a tight end or a running back that's checking down. Uh, they're bootlegging it to the right, which you mentioned. And if you notice, Drew Locke doesn't really throw a lot to his left. <laughs> and unfortunately, no. Jerry Judy is always to his left. Uh, but he yeah, when, whenever he to... runs out of the pocket, he runs to the right. And exactly. They're going to catch on to that. Right. So and, and I think they were. Um, that's why I think when they were doing three wide and shotgun, like he's only looking to one side of the field. It's the middle and the right. That's mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see where a lot of his reception or interceptions are. They're probably predominantly in the middle and on the right hand side. But well, the two New England ones were specifically. Yeah, they were both on the left side. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think that they're like you said, they're simplifying the offense. They're relying on the running game. You're starting to see even though Philip Lindsay is struggling, you're starting to see Melvin Gordon really pop. That's why they paid him. Um, so he's starting to have success. They're doing just enough on the ground to either have good games or keep teams honest. Um, they're utilizing the tight ends more, which sucks because the Broncos have their best offensive game and no offense not out there. But yeah. they're simplifying things for him. So what does that tell you when it comes to Drew Locke? It tells you that he's not good enough to win games by himself right now. Nobody's saying that he can't ever be that because I don't think, you know, if you would have asked us in that 2013 Super Bowl, uh, hey, do you think Russell Wilson will ever, will ever carry a team by himself? I would have said no. I mean, he's a guy that's relying on a great defensive run game. Uh, he's very athletic. He can move, uh, but he's not like winning games with his arm. But now look at Russell Wilson. He's an yeah. MVP candidate every year, and he's slinging the ball all over the yard. He's one of the best play, uh, playmakers at the position right now. So it's not to say that Drew Locke can't ever be that, uh, but there's still major work and strides he has to, to complete to get to that point. No one's saying that he doesn't have the talent to do that because he has the arm. No one, no one denies that. He's mobile enough. Uh, so he has the skill. It's just the mental part and the, the technique, the footwork. Uh, he's not throwing off of his back foot a lot anymore. There's still a couple times he did it, but he's not doing it as much. Yeah, so, he completed one. <laughs> right. So when Drew Locke is the icing and not the cake, the Broncos can be successful. Whew. Oh, I got through that one. Shout out to that that Philly white that Philly reporter man. I know what you're going through. I apologize, man. That, that uh, hit me right in the heart. I was like, oh. Um, for, fortunately for you, we don't have the audio. So. <sighs> yep, that is, that is long gone into the ether where no one else can. Honestly, it might be just a just a myth at this point. Can anyone actually prove that? I don't. I don't think no, so. No, there's. Well, I mean, we could we could get. Janae on she's probably and, you know she's busy. <laughs> we don't need to bother her probably doesn't even remember that you know college media. I'm, I'm sure i'm sure she remembers that one uh, <laughs> yeah i think mine was probably worse because i was asking to a female so yeah and it was face to face whereas that guy was over zoom to doug peterson but peterson's reaction was peterson's <laughs> yeah like, come on, did you have to do that reaction? Everybody knows what he said. You didn't have to make it that much worse. Anyways, um, for those who, do, uh, so those who don't know, there was a Philadelphia Eagles reporter who asked Doug Peterson, the head coach of the, the Eagles, a question about success. Instead of success, he said sex. Completely changes the whole basis of the question at that point. 
Now we're talking completely different things. <laughs> and he threw in great, I think, before that. I think he meant to say great success, and he said great sex. So that was it was even worse. So I just I feel bad for the guy. Uh, but you'll get through it. I did. I survived. Um, but anyways, when you don't rely on Drew Locke to be the reason you win, and he's the accessory and not the item that you plug the accessory into, when he's the icing and not the cake, he can have success. He can be a good, you know, formidable quarterback. But when you have to rely on Drew Locke, then it's it's not the best thing in the world. And and we mentioned it yesterday on the show, and I'm curious to see um, uh, if I could find that tweet. But somebody compiled, because now Drew Locke, I think he's played 15 total games, and this includes the Steelers game. But I think he's played 15 total games, and I, I bet I could just look at his his career stats. Um, but I think he's at like uh, 60% completion, uh, a little over 3,000 yards. I think it was 20 touchdowns to 16 picks. So if you put it together like a full season um, at this point, I mean, it's it's solid. It's, it's nothing. So here we go. Uh, for his career. So through 15 games, so almost a full season of work now. We have 59 and a half, so if you want to round up to 60% completion, I won't hate it. That's okay. That's not how many, great. Wait, how many games has he played? Uh, 15 games. Okay. So next week will be a full, complete season. Um, so we could probably project he'll be around like 61, 60%. But right now it's 60% completion rate um, percentage, 3,218 yards, 20 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, and... Uh, a QBR or a passer rating of 79.7. Uh, they don't have his average QBR here, but it looks like it'll probably be somewhere in the mid 50s. So I mean, that's it's it's solid. Um, so now, if he would put that up for a first year, like if if that was his first year numbers, I think we'd be optimistic about that. Um, you know, it's not great. I think there's a lot of things which you liked. There's a lot of things which you didn't like, and I think the numbers show that. Um, but I think ultimately overall, and we can just naturally go here through drew locks, 15 games, almost 16. How would you grade him? Where, where are you at with him through the whole body of work? Not just the recent stuff, you know, taking in account to last year's games. Where are you at with drew lock? How would you grade that? Well, when you said that, I decided to go and look at, um, Baker's numbers. Okay. So in 14 games, uh, 63.8 uh, percent completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. So, mm. um, Josh Allen, I just pulled his up, but that first year with Buffalo, I don't necessarily like to count just because that team was so bad. Um, but in his first 12 games, I. Uh, it was 53% uh, percent completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, 12 picks, um, 2,000 yards. I would say a better comparison would be his second year just because now it's a little unfair to Julak, just uh, well, slightly just because this is Julak's second year as well. Um, you know, most of his games have come in his second year. So I guess it's. It's whatever, um, but I think this is a better comparison just because the Bills started to give a, him a little bit more help. I think they fired everyone 
uh, after that first year uh, with Josh Allen, or at least maybe that was like the second year in the system. I don't know. Um, but through uh, 16 games, uh, 58.8% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, nine picks, 3,089 yards. So with those two, he compares pretty close. The interceptions are still really high. I want to see that completion percentage get up to like 64, 65. Um, but look, Josh Allen in his third year, 68% completion percentage, 3,600 yards, 28 touchdowns, nine picks. Um, Baker in his uh, third year is um, putting up uh, 62% completion percentage, 2,700 yards, 23 touchdowns, and eight picks. So, you know, I mean, I think I think you have to give, at this point, you have to give Drew Locke a third year. Yep, that's um, what I was just, just about to ask you. Has just he, the, is it time to just give him a third year? This point? Well, I think at this point, the reason why I say yes is it's not because of what he did uh, on Sunday. I think it's more so the Broncos record. Um, they have, what now, five wins. They're not going to have a top 10 pick. Quarterbacks aren't going to be where, where they're at. And then you combine that with how the year's been, the injuries, the situation, um, you know, being in Shermer's first year. I think you just have to bring everyone back. Uh, John Elway's, you know, one year left on his contract. It's just a combination of everything now. And now you add in the five wins. I think it just makes it very, very difficult to find a good reason to move up in the drafts and grab a guy that you love. And good like good luck getting one of those guys at this point because they're probably gonna go one, two, three at this point. So I just I don't really it, it doesn't make sense. Um but yeah. again, the Broncos front office has done a lot of things that doesn't make sense. So I don't know. Um but you know, I, I think at this point now, if Drew Law comes out in his next in these last what, how many games have we got? Three. three. If he comes out in these next three games and he throws two touchdowns and six picks, um, and it's looking like a disaster, then you're it might be best to bring in a veteran at that point because you're still not gonna be able to draft anyone, most likely. Maybe you get lucky, maybe there's a team up there that doesn't want a quarterback and you can make a trade for them at number three and take uh, Zach Wilson or wh whoever the third quarterback is. And at that point, you know, you're giving up a decent amount of your future, but you're saying, screw it. We got the talent. We just need the quarterback. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, it could. He Look, the Bills defense has been playing really good. They were trash early on in the season. They've been playing really good. These past couple weeks so this is a big big game for drew lock um and it, it's it's up against the quarterback what the broncos could have taken and you know it's it's also another quarterback that a lot of people compare drew lock to you know josh allen's bigger but other than that i mean they pretty much have the same comparisons not really that accurate early on um they can move strong arm all that they have the arm talent uh, can they put it together? Josh Allen's put it together. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. But I think 
the, these next three, three games are massive. I think this Bills game is massive for Drew Locke. Uh, if he can, he doesn't need a flash game, but he just needs a solid game. And if he does that and the Broncos have a chance to win or at least make it close, then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think at this point you have to bring him back, uh, bring everyone back and just see what happens. Because then you get Cortland Sutton back, you know, and Jerry Judy in his second year, KJ in his second year. Juwan James. You know, Juwan James. So... You know, whatever draft pick, you know, I, they really need to help out the defense with with the draft. I would spend every draft pick on defense, um, or you could let you could go draft a running back. That that might be, you know, that look look at what Cleveland did. Right, they went out and got Nick Chubb, and that is essentially completely changed this team. I uh, I think if you want to you're going to be right around that range i don't know who the best running back in this draft is but if you can if you decide to do that and pull that trigger i'm more than happy with that i think if you give drew lock a really talented running back that can you know be really good in the pass game as well um i mean that's if you can get him a nick chubb if you can get him a dalvin cook if you can get him a um, you know, whoever <laughs> I that's that's exactly what this team needs. Yeah, and then the rest of the picks on on defense. I think um, and right now, uh, they're they're currently at thirteen, so they jump from tenth to thirteenth with that win. So, uh, when it comes to running backs, you know, I think for me, I agree with you. I think the the first couple rounds, you know, they they've got to get a corner. Um, I think they actually like their linebacking core. So if there's not anyone great around where they're picking. They probably won't take one, at least in the first round. I wouldn't mind if they took a running back in the first round. I wouldn't. It now, yeah. you, as I long mean, as unless it's Travis Etienne, which I don't think yeah. they'll be able to get. I, I, I don't know. I well, don't, let's see. I, I just don't uh, know if you want to take a running back in the first. Round. I think a corner. I think corner is more of a pressing need than yeah. Than and I, right I, now. I agree. But if you want to go all out with Drew Lock and you want to continue to do so. Now, this mock draft doesn't have a running back in the top 10. So, you know, at that point, I don't think... Th- what I'm saying, though, is you're. I would go for... Yeah, Travis uh, Etienne is the best running back on this list. Uh, then maybe maybe I wouldn't, um, unless he drops into the second round. Um, I mean, I'm looking at Tankathon's mock, and they have him falling to 21, and they have Denver taking J.C. Horn, which is a cornerback out of South Carolina at 13. So yeah, the I mean, one maybe, maybe at, he might fall to you. Um, yeah. I just don't know if the, the – I was about to say the Nuggets. I don't know if the Broncos would do that just because and, – and another thing, too, is if Melvin Gordon plays well enough – they may not void that contract. Maybe they do bring him back. Um, well, no, so- I, well, he's going to be suspended. Number one, number right. two, are you going to bring back Philip Lindsay? Probably well, not. He, he's well, he's going to be an RFA. So I think, um, or he's under that type of contract to where they'll place a tender on him. And if a team wants to sign him, they'll have to give up a specific draft pick. So I, I think Philip Lindsay will be back at least next year. And then after that, who knows what happens? Okay. So well, I think then, pretty much you're running maybe back the you, same squad. Then maybe you, yeah, you wait. I would, I mean, this. And defense, you could get running backs oh, anywhere. Like you don't have true. to draft them in the that's first true, round. That's true. But like I said, I think if, if there was a running back this year that was like worthy of a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick, 
I would I would take that shot. Um, now I I get it. A lot of people don't like taking running backs in the first round, but if it's a you know I I I can't think of any first round running backs right now. Um, that were I mean, like I said, if it's but... ETN, then I take him. Um, I, well, I'm fine I, with taking him. Yeah, in the I first wouldn't round. take I wouldn't take ETN in the first round though. Um, I'm talking like an Adrian Peterson type of running back that's in the you know top ten, top fifteen. That's what I'm talking about. And I, I guess there's there's no running back like that this year, so then I I wouldn't do that. But um, yeah, I I would I would try and find someone in, in the draft at the running back position, third, fourth, fifth round at this point. Uh, I would draft probably two corners. I would draft a safety just in case, um, and work on that defensive line then. If if they like their linebacker core, but I mean, I also wouldn't mind them going for a linebacker. But yeah, go heavy defense in this draft, um, because you're gonna hit a point where all these weapons on offense are gonna start. You know, need him to be paid, especially Drew Locke, because you decided to draft him in the second round because you couldn't make up your mind. So you lost a year. Uh, so you're going to have to pay Drew Locke. Now, maybe you'll get lucky and he won't play well enough to deserve a, you know, a massive deal. Uh, so you, you might be able to get a little bit lucky with that and only have to pay him like 20 mil a year, 25 instead of 35, 40. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to start paying Sutton. Um, Lock, no fan, you know. So that's yeah. They're that's gonna have some to some decisions to make, and it's coming yeah. up quick. But I mean, to get to the point about about Lock, I, I do think it's trending toward him getting a third year. And right. I was thinking about this after the game, and I was just like, you know, my my stance has always been, listen. And this was more when they were losing games. Um, clear everybody out, start fresh. But if you keep John and take a quarterback, but if you keep John and you just clear out the staff, don't take a quarterback, just take BPA and just roll with Locke um, again, essentially, because I just don't trust John to take another quarterback. And then if he leaves and a new regime comes in, if they don't like that quarterback, then it's essentially a wasted pick. So, but I think now, like you said, I mean, they're at five wins. You could even make the argument. They'll probably, there's a chance they could get seven wins again. Um, I think they can beat the Chargers. Um, right now, I think I would favor them over the Chargers, to be honest with you. And then I think they could beat the Raiders. The Raiders look good early in the season, and they've completely just crumbled um, throughout these these latter weeks. I could see them beating the Raiders. I don't think they'll get to a point where they'll be almost dropped 60 on like they were in that first matchup. So if they get to six wins, even if they get to seven wins, then they're for sure getting and I think it's trend I think it's about 70% now that they'll run it back. If they get one more win, I think that bumps it up to like 85. And if they get seven wins, oh that's a hundred percent that they're bringing everybody back. Uh it was completely it was COVID. It was injuries. We're fine. Give us the continuity. And at that point, I think that's the right move to do. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah give it one more year. Then you give Drew Lock a full year. Now there's really no excuses. Okay. Now he gets we suspect a normal off season it's continuity with Pat Shermer. And listen, this is this all hinges too. Like, it's not a sure thing. It all hinges not only on Drew Locke, he has to play well. Because I agree, if he goes up and stinks up the joint, then okay, no. Uh, but it also depends on how Pat Shermer looks. Like, if Pat Shermer can stay committed, and this is one thing that Tyler Columbus was talking about yesterday, Shermer has a default. And it's that three wide, chuck it all over the field. 
what does he do when it when when the running game is stopped? Like, say the Bills come out and they completely shut down the running game this week. Then what? Is he going to stay committed to it? Is he going to allow Drew Locke to to you know have these easy reads, or is he going to be like, okay, we're going to panic and we're going to go back to what wasn't working early in the season? So it also depends on on how he looks. But I think regardless, even if they do run it back for a third year, I really want them to bring in a quarterback to push Drew Locke. I don't want it to be a Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon. I want somebody that's going to push Drew Locke. I don't know who that is, but somebody that's going to make him sweat a little bit. Because just because you're getting another third year doesn't mean you're the guy. Like that. That's let's get that straight too. Even if he gets another year, it's still another year of okay. We're trying to figure out if you're the guy. It's not. Well, we're giving you this year because we know you're the guy. Right. Not only that though, Drew Lock hasn't hasn't proved that he can be healthy for a whole year. That too. Yeah. I mean, his first two years, he's had two injuries that's knocked him out. Now. Granted, he wasn't going to play last, you know, his rookie year, but he still got hurt. He would have missed the first, what, three, four weeks if he was the starter. Yeah, I believe it was a thumb or a wrist or something like that. Yeah. So, how, you know, is he going to stay healthy? Is he fragile? You know, that's something that, you know, is that's a big concern. So, yeah, you you need to go out and get a a good backup because not only to to help you lock and to push him, but you, you need someone to just, just in case, because I mean, if Drew Lock doesn't get hurt this year, you you could argue that they have one extra win or even two extra wins. You never know. So because they maybe the one beat thing, that Steelers team. Yeah, the, the the one thing about Drew Lock, um, that I've you know when he came back, I did, and and even when he came in to start last year. When he's out there with the team, the team does play better. The offense, the the whole team, offense, defense, they all play better when he is out there. And I think that's just because how bad the backups are, um, to be honest. But well, I think I they genuinely genuinely like him. They, they he like does him. bring something to the team. Yeah. So that's something where you know you you need him out there. And if you have if you don't have a backup. Just be, just in case he he misses you know two or three games, you need someone that can bring that same type of feel to the team, or else you're just throwing away two three games, and you can't have that. So um, yeah, they they need to go out and, and get a solid backup quarterback. Um, I don't think you know a guy like Stafford uh, would want to be a backup. So I don't know who's out there that you know you could go out and get. But you need someone that can at least kind of hold things down because I guarantee you, Drew Locke misses it at least two games next year at some point. Yeah, it's likely. I well, I don't want to say it's likely, but it's possible because I mean, he's shown it, it's the same questions that we have with Philip Lindsay. Uh, it's the same question we can have with Drew Locke, where there's history now of injuries in each of his, you know, first few years of starting. So can he change that? Can he? find a way to to battle through that and and get healthy and you know some of it I think you know I think I think it was the thumb thing I think his first injury and I think that's just kind of like a freak accident I think he kind of like Drew Brees kind of I think that's what happened he hit it on the helmet for some reason I think yeah. it was a wrist I don't know I can't I don't know why I don't know um, it, it, I think it was more of a fluke thing but. yeah but I mean then he hurts his shoulder that one too it's kind of like he takes a bad hit um, I don't know if he had any others in between that but I think he deserves a third year. 
And I think if we are looking at a full season, and I, we went through his numbers already, but it's you know right now through 15 games, combining obviously last year's five games and this year's 10 games, 59.5 completion percentage, uh, 3,218 yards, 20 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 79.7 uh, passer rating, somewhere in the mid-50s. They didn't calculate it, but somewhere probably in the mid to low 50s for the QBR. I think when you think of Drew Locke's totality, and you're not just keeping it to the recent games, I think there's things you like, there's things you don't like. I think it's enough to say, okay, I'd like to, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing another year. But again, it's I don't think it's definitive, even though I was very definitive earlier in the season, and I jumped the, the, the buck on that, I'll admit it. Um, I think there's no definitive yes or no on him. Um that's a good and bad thing, I guess, but at least there's still optimism of, uh, okay, maybe he can be the guy. Maybe he just needs, I don't know. Some QBs develop slower than, uh, than others, I guess. I don't know. You know, so I, I'm, I wouldn't mind seeing him back for a third year. That's kind of where I would like to go at this point, especially given where they're at in the draft. Um, it doesn't look like anybody's going to be cleared out. So I don't want them to draft a quarterback anyways, just go BPA. Hopefully, in in my mind, hopefully that's corner, um, because I think there's some some good corners in this year's draft. I think there's one out of Ohio State that uh, is making some waves, and we know that the Broncos like taking Ohio State court, uh, cornerbacks have success there. So we'll see. I think Drew Lock has has earned that. And uh, again, we we can give compliments on this show when we see good play. Drew Lock played great. He played really well. So let's see some more of that. And ultimately, like, it comes down to this, guys. Like, we don't want Drew Locke to fail. Like, if Drew Locke succeeds, that means we get out of this world of suck quicker, <laughs> as soon as possible. Yeah, we we're don't not, want him to fail. Yeah, we're not like, hey, he sucks. We, we don't want him to be the guy. It was just up until this point. And, and listen, also, too, this is part of the context. Like, it took to week 14 for him to have his second flash game. Okay? So, we want him to be good. Uh, just like, you know, we wanted, you know, Paxton to work out. We wanted Brock to work out. We wanted Trevor to work out, you know, all these guys that have donned a Broncos uniform, Chad Kelly. Uh, that was my, my hero right there. When I saw him drafted and he was asleep on the couch, I was like, that guy has it. <laughs> I don't know what he has, but I like it. Uh, just turns out that he wasn't the guy. He got beat over the head with a vacuum tube cleaner and the rest was history. So we want Drew Locke to work out. It's best for the Broncos franchise for Drew Locke to work out. It just, up until this point, what he was showing us, it was trending more likely than not that he wasn't going to be that guy. But he's kind of corrected it. And again, this hinges on how he's going to perform in these next three games. This one's a big one. Listen, if he comes out, and it doesn't have to be four touchdowns, 300 yards, you know, these gaudy numbers. Like, if he just comes out and it looks good, He's taking the shots. He's taking what, you know, when they're there, he's, he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's not forcing things. He's playing within himself and in, in the offense and, and giving this chance, this team a chance to win and not throwing them out of it. Then, okay, good. But at the end of the day, if he plays bad, then I think you can go back to, okay, maybe he doesn't need a third year. Maybe we bring someone in to be the starter and he's the backup type of situation. Yeah. So, We'll see how it goes. He's played well. It's good for the Broncos. And yeah. uh, looking at the schedule, he, he should have he should have at least one more flash game this year, if not two. No. If not two, 
Because again, and, the Raiders have not looked good. <laughs> like the Raiders yeah, is now a very winnable game. To me, a flash game is I would say 270, three touchdowns. You can have a pick, 65% completion percentage. That's what I want to see. That's in my mind, that's a flash game for a young quarterback. Um, you know, I, I know some people want, you know, the 325, three, four touchdowns, whatever. But I mean, you know, on Sunday he had what, 270? 268 something like that um four touchdowns no picks so um you know that's yeah, a flash game only comp- completed yeah, 21 uh 21 passes yeah so you know that's i want one more of those at least yeah I, I think it's hard to put numbers on on it too when it comes to these flash games because like you could have a four touchdown game and you know it's still be kind of wonky you know, it's still not well, looking good. So I just why I say you need a sixty-five yeah. percent completion percentage. Yeah, just that that's one of you, the big things. You know a flash game when you see it. So yeah. hopefully right. we see one, if not two. I think he has the potential to have two. Um I would I would not be shocked if they came away with two more wins and they finished seven and nine. And then even then, that bolsters our point of what we thought about this team before this season ever started, before things even got shut down. We thought this could be a wild card caliber team. And if if all the guys were healthy, maybe they're nine and seven. You know, may, maybe ceiling, I think you said 10 and six. Maybe yeah. they even got to that point. Who knows? But um, we, like I, I never said this team, I never thought they were going to be bad because talent. Talent has never been the issue. They've completely infused this team with talent. Whereas with Vance Joseph, it was it was woof. But now they've gotten talent in. It's just been discipline. It's been injuries, uh, inconsistency. So hopefully they can um, just overall decision making. Yeah, I, you know, that's it, it. It's it, they have talent, but they're poorly run. At the end of the day, it's a poorly run team. Um, I don't think they have a very good coach. I don't think they have a very good GM. And you know, if you put some of this talent on these you know teams that are well are well run i think this is a playoff team so at the end of the day it just it starts from the top you have the talent um Drew Locke is a guy that you can build an offense around he's not going to uh, be that you know he's not going to lead that offense necessarily but you can at least build a, a solid offense around him it it should be a 9 and 7 10 and 16 but at the end of the day Injuries do suck, but I mean every team has injuries, so I don't I, I really don't like that excuse. Um at the end of the day they're just they're just poorly run and not coached well. At least the whole team no, in, yeah. in total isn't coached well. I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred percent. And you know, every team was going through COVID. You know, there's a lot of other young quarterbacks out there too that have to battle through it. And mm-hmm. you know, some have done better than others. Uh Drew Locke has you know, it's it's been okay. It's been okay at this point. So we'll see how it goes this week. They got the Buffalo Bills on Saturday at 2.30. Um, it's a big game. And listen, if he balls out this one, then you really completely change the narrative. Then you get people excited. Then you get, if Drew Locke comes out and balls out in this game and say he just puts together, you know, good to okay games in the next two ones or even puts out another one, then you recapture the optimism that we had at the end of last year going into this year. Then it's like, okay, 
then it, then it's really like, man, it was just COVID, the injuries. He didn't have an off season. Pat Shermer, new offensive coordinator. We're back in it. And then Colin Cowher is probably, hey, Drew Locke, MVP treat, you know, MVP train again and dance as much as you want type of thing. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But a big game coming up this week against the Buffalo Bills. Before we close today's show, um, we'll, we'll get to some nuggets here. They played their first preseason game. Uh, when was it? Last Saturday, I think it was. Um, obviously lost that game 107-105. They were kind of, and the starters only played like Jokic and Murray, 23, 24 minutes. The starters max played 24 minutes, looks like. Um, So you got a lot of bench minutes for everybody else that played about half of the game. The starters looked okay. Um, I mean, well, Nicola looks fantastic. Like he, he, he looks like he's already in midseason form. I mean, nine of 11, one of two from three. He had 26, 10 and five. Like that's a, it's a standard Jokic game there. Nothing to see here. Uh, I thought Jamal looked kind of hesitant. Um, he was two of six, four points, but he hit a couple tough shots, um, made some good passes. So curious to see, and he had eight rebounds, four assists. So I think he'll it would be curious to see how he does in these next games. Uh, G was five of, ele- five of 11, 11 points. You like to see it. One of three from three-point line. He just looks healthy. That's one yeah. thing that stood out to me. He looks healthy. He looks quick. Um, his defense was there, and you know he was on Steph. Um, and I don't know if you saw this too. I thought this was an interesting comment from Michael Malone. Uh, he said, gone are the days where I hide Jamal Murray. Now it's yeah. time for him to guard the big boys in the West. Uh, so he's not going to hide them from Dame. He's not going to hide them from Steph Curry, uh, you know, Chris Paul, you know, all these guys. It's time to, to buck up and, well, <laughs> and cause he's got another guys. one. He's got another one to hide. So you can't have two. Yeah, we we got to hide, hide now. MPJ. So <laughs> you, you can't hide anymore. And, and Jamal, I think has, has improved defensively. And listen, like yeah. the West is just a complete horror show when it comes to the point guards and guards you'll have to face each week or, you know, each game. So, I mean, these guards all cook each other. So it's not like, Oh man, Jamal let Damien go for 45. Well, okay. Donovan Mitchell gave up, you know, 50 to, to Jamal. So yeah, these guys are going to get theirs most likely. Um, and G will, will see those guys too a lot. So, um, I think, you know, it'll be fun to watch these guys. The starting lineup we saw was Jamal, Gary, Jokic, Michael Porter, and Paul Millsap. Um, MPJ struggled shooting the ball three of 12, uh, seven rebounds, seven points. I thought though, a lot of the shots he missed were very makeable shots. I think that more likely than not, he'll make those. I think instead of three of 12, you'll see a seven of 12 in there. Um, and another the thing with things with, with him, though, um, the five fouls. Yeah. Uh, Did he have five, really? Wow. Yeah, he had five fouls. Jokic had four. Um, so that's something to watch. I think as the season goes, it's not a shocker that this was a starting lineup. One, Will Barton didn't play. Um, and two, I think eventually we'll start to see kind of this, the rest of this rotation kind of flesh out, um, who's, you know, who's more of there to stay type of type of deal. Um, I'm curious to see. So, so green, Jamaica green had 19 minutes. He went one of six at two points. The rookie, uh, the Najee kid had 10, um, he played actually pretty well. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens at that backup power forward position. Uh, the heart, uh, the Hartenstein kid. He looked good. Uh, he looked really good. 
Uh, I that was a that was a very nice surprise. He had nine points, four rebounds. Um, so those those three that I just mentioned, that's gonna be a battle uh, with minutes for them. We'll see. I mean, Jamichael Green was one of six. If he hits some shots, you know, gets some more rebounds. I don't like to see only three rebounds. Uh, I just have flashbacks to uh, Jeremy Grant, so I would like to see at least four. Um, but other than that, I, I thought RJ Hampton actually looked pretty good too. Uh, I want to see more of him. Uh, PJ Dozier played really well. So, but, but Dozier had five fouls. One weird thing about Dozier, he just hacks guys. Um, Sets a tone. Let's him know you're there. I guess Monte played well. Uh, I don't like seeing Monte shoot threes. It drives me nuts. But I, look, I th- this bench, even the starting lineup, there's a lot to figure out with this team. I think at the end of the day, if you have a nine man rotation, to, I at this point, if Gary's playing that well offensively, you have to start Gary uh, over Will. Have Will come off the bench. I'm the it's gonna be a battle between Millsap, Green, and even the rookie, the the this Najee kid. Uh I can't wait to watch more of him. I thought he played really well. So Yeah. I, I think they when the Nuggets really struggled when they went to the second unit because there was no clear option of scoring. So either they're gonna have to stagger minutes in the regular season with, with Murray, you know, take Jokic out early and keep Murray with the second unit, or um they're I think they're gonna have to keep um, Will Barton in that second unit. They need somebody who can come off the bench and score. Um, Bull Bull only got six minutes. Otherwise, I would say that's an option too. And that's maybe it will be. That is really frustrating. I don't. It's not understand. shocking to me. Not it's shocking. It's not shocking, but it's still frustrating because yeah. it's a preseason game, and you gave him uh, the least amount of well, second least amount of minutes. I, you need to see what you have in Bull Bull. You really do. I. These preseason games, you need he needs at least ten to fifteen minutes just to see what he can do, see if he can help the team. Because I I don't I, I like this Hartenstein kid. Um I really liked what, what Najee did, but Bull Bull is you gotta you gotta see what he can do. Yeah, he's he's an X Factor. He's yeah, an X Factor. Six minutes in a preseason game. That can't I, happen. I think he'll get more um when, when we play Portland and, and all that stuff, but um you know, and Compazzo, you didn't mention him, but I thought he 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 did some nice things. Now his size is always going to be an issue, but I'm telling you, he all the comments about his defense is legit. Um, he is so quick. I mean, he gets by screen like he is the definition of the worm badge in 2K. He gets around screen so quickly and he recovers instantaneously. It's it's amazing. Um, his passing ability is as advertised. I think uh, Jokic and him are going to have pass battles every game. Jokic is going to be like, Jokic is, he he just does the, the nice, like, slick passes. Compazzo uh, might take your head off if you're not looking. Like, Compazzo might bust somebody's eye socket if they're not paying attention. That laser he threw, he was like, it just came in there like a freaking heat-seeking missile. I forgot who it was to. Um, but he got it there and it was on a rope too. Like it was accurate and he threw it from the hip. Uh, Jamal Murray said they've already nicknamed him, uh, Spider-Man because he's everybody, he's everywhere. And the way he throws the passes, I guess it's like Spider-Man, uh, swinging on, I don't know, something like that. But, uh, yeah, he looked good. 
the Monte, Mr. Steady Eddie, 5 of 11, 10 points. You know, I mean, that's what you expect from Monte at this point. I thought Jermichael Green is just, I, I think for him, it's just fitting. Um, I think he was pressing a little bit, trying to figure out where he was going to fit in. Um, he was kind of iced out there for a little bit. They weren't passing it to him. And then when they did pass it to him, it was just bad situations. Najee, um, he has a nice looking stroke. I saw Ryan Blackburn comment about that. He, he's got a nice shooting stroke. So it'll be interesting. I don't know why, but with him, I just get Chris Bot. Chris Bosch vibes. I don't know if he's like that skilled offensively. I doubt he is, but just kind of like the frame and just kind of how he's built. Uh, I think Chris Bosch might be a little bit taller, but that's just kind well, of just the vibe I get with him. Now he's 6'11. I just looked it up. Is yeah, he? I, wow. I yeah. thought he was like 6'8. Okay. Well, then they're about the same size then. I think, well, and- I think Najee's a little bit more athletic than Chris Bosch though. Yeah. You know, these two rookies, man, they're impressive. They're, they're really. I'm. I want to see a lot more of of these two rookies play. Um, now, obviously, it's hard to do that when your head coach is Mike Malone. But um, yeah, no. Th- this kid. Let's see. Played in Arizona. Averaged sixteen and eight. He shot fifty seven percent from the field, thirty percent from three, seventy six percent from the free throw line. I mean, I think. I don't think he's a guy where he's going to get a lot of minutes this year, but he might be he might be their their solution at that power forward position next year. Um he he can play. He can play. He's good. They they picked I forget, he was their 22nd overall pick. Um and then they moved up to grab uh Hampton. Yeah. I love Hampton. He went 1 of 4, but I thought his defense was solid. He had one defensive mix up. I'm just um, I'm just so worried about his frame. He is so slight, man. I just they yeah. there was well, a play I, in there where he got the rebound and he <laughs> God bless his soul. He tried to muscle a guy like he gave him a shoulder and it bumped a little bit of the warrior and then the warrior blocked his shot. And I was like, oh, and I think it was Hastings. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he uh, he's going to learn that in the NBA that that's not going to work very often for him. <laughs> right. Right. I think for him, you know, it, he's going to be. He's not going to play this year, uh, but it's going to be important for him to get some G League uh, experience. Honestly, this Jamaica Green better be careful because this, this Najee kid could definitely take minutes. I, I I get he's a rookie and Michael Malone doesn't tend to like rookies, but he could play himself into some minutes. He's good. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, if he plays well enough, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, Jokic played himself into a starting spot, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of that, we might as well just do you know what today is. Yeah, it's it's the day that they made that switch. December 15th, four years ago today. My life will never be the same. <laughs> and it never was the same. Four years ago, Michael Malone ben, uh, benched Yusuf Nurkic and uh, placed Jokic into the starting five for good. Since then, this is crazy. Uh, since this decision, Jokic has led Denver to a 177 and 117 regular season record, three playoff series wins, and a Western Conference Finals, averaging 25, 11, and seven in his playoff career. Wow, that's uh, that's what you call a franchise player and a guy who changed. And imagine there there's people that actually wanted that like think Nurkic is better than Jokic. It's just it's just not a thing. <laughs> it's just not. This is the best center in the league. Um, and it, it's crazy that, uh, that it was four years ago. Wow. And, uh, he's changed the trajectory of that franchise. 
ever since. Well, him and Jamal Murray, for sure. They've put this team not only back on the map, but they've made them respectable again. Um, you know, they got the eyes of a guy like Jermichael Green, who left the Clippers to come here. I mean, he's leaving Kawhi Leonard, Paul George to come here. So that shows you. And, and hopefully next year, that's that's not a Jermichael Green. It's a star wants to come here. And he saw, hey, I saw what these guys did a couple years ago. And I feel like I can help them. And maybe they don't even need that. Maybe they have that in MPJ and and we're just there already. But it's it's crazy to see where this team is at. Their next preseason game is tomorrow, right, against the Trailblazers. I think they play them back-to-back, the Trailblazers. Yeah. think it's yeah. a – and, uh, yep, so they got the yeah, Trailblazers here and then in Portland. Tomorrow and Friday. Um, yeah, it looks like in – yeah. Oh, oh, I guess it's just a home-and-home. Home. So they'll play them here twice. So there you go. You get to see Damian Lillard, arch nemesis. That I'm telling you, man, that Portland team is going to be – they're going to be tough. I would not be shocked if they made it to the Western Conference Finals this year. They're just, they are deep. Mello, Robert Covington, um, that uh, Harry Giles kid that they got from Sacramento. He looked really good in the debut for them. And I get it, it's just preseason. Um, and not all these guys are going to play, but that's going to be an interesting team to watch. And I wouldn't be shocked if they won the division this year because the Nuggets have had a stranglehold on it for like the last two or three years. I think it's been, um, but it's going to be fun yeah, to watch. They got Derek Jones. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm telling they're going to be a stacked team. Derek Jones, obviously, you know, Damon and CJ, which is an interesting situation with those two. I, I don't at Sutton, Zach, Zach Collins is going to come back. Obviously Nurkic. I, See, Rodney Hood fans probably wouldn't like if I said this, but I would find a way to move off CJ McCollum. That's what I'm saying. Like, is it is go get someone? Is there a ceiling there with CJ and Damien? I think there is. Well, here's the thing again, same thing with like guys like James Harden. I don't, I, I guess I like to have that wing player and then a big, um. Or at least another bigger wing player, right? So, like, I just... If you could go... I don't know who who would be out there, but... I don't know. I... Uh, like, I would say if you could get Bradley Beal, but I see, I don't think Beal and... and, and I just... I don't know. I, I, I don't really like that with Beal and Dame. So Dude, CJ's already 29. He's already 29 Yeah, I would find old. a way... If you could get Dame someone to three or four um, that can that can score, play defense. Is he older than Damien? No, Dame is 30. Is he? Let's see. I'm looking at their contract right now. I forgot that he signed an extension. Okay, yeah. So, the, I mean, they're, yeah, Dame's 30. He's 29. I mean, they're they're tied together. I mean, look at their contracts. The next, like, if you could, if you could get a Kawhi. Well, yeah, you know I mean, I mean? That would, like a, yeah. uh, like, a, a, well, well, but yeah, even like, but a like a Paul Kawhi George, uh, like a Paul, yeah, you Paul know, George, better version of Middleton. Middleton. You know, <laughs> like Paul George. Yeah, if you get that, like that'd be ideal, right? Um, I, but that type of player, I, yeah. I would put next to Dame. Um, 
or even a, even another big. But I, I can't really think. Like of if Melo was like seven available. years younger, but yeah, I, yeah, just, basically um, that that would work. Would, yes, would they're well. they're tied together. The next time CJ is going to be a free agent is uh, 2024, and Damian's contract he'll be a free agent in 25. So they're unless they trade one of those two guys, which obviously they won't trade Damian, but if they trade CJ. I mean, they're they're like, wow, yeah. I did not I just, know they were that old already. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I just don't like the the two guard system. I I get like people are going to be like, well, what about Golden State? But yeah, well, those are the two best seven. shooters ever. So, well, yeah. <laughs> and one of those guys is a great defensive bad. player. So, yeah, exactly. Clay is six foot seven and can defend two through, you know, he can defend one through three. So like. It's different. It, it's not like you have a six-two guard and a six-three guard, and they do the same things. Like, eh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I've never really liked the duo. Um, I would, I would put Dame with someone, either a bigger wing player or a big. But that's what, and that's what I would do with James Harden. I don't get why Houston would always, like, go out and get a guard and put like a, especially a point guard. Like James Harden is a. Like, let him be your point guard and then go and put him someone next to, you know, like if Philly go, go and get James Harden and put him next to Embiid, it would work great. Listen, this might be Portland's best opportunity to win a championship this year. Um, I'm curious to see what all their their contracts are. Um, but I, I would think that their starting five is obviously going to be Damian, CJ, uh, Nurkic, Zach Collins and well, Nurkic is Robert a big Covington deal for them this year. They they need yeah they need Nurkic to have a really good year. Let's see, um, but I, I think that's their projected start. I think Melo's going to come off the bench, um, but I think it's going to be Damian, CJ, Robert Covington, uh, Nurkic, and Zach Collins, which is a, a solid lineup. Like Covington's a three and D guy. We know Nurkic is a playmate. Like he's he's a great value version of of Nikola Jokic. He can playmake. He can shoot a little bit. Zach Collins can stretch the floor as well. He's only 22. Um, let's see. 2021, these guys are signed. When are they When are they free agents? Let's see. After this year. Did they, did they really get Cantor back? Yeah, that's another two. Wait. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're going to be really good this year. Did, did he... Because he left them. He did. And then he re-signed back with them? Either that or he got That's traded hilarious. there. Yeah. Um, oh, I wish this would tell me who's their player option. Hmm. When is Nurkic even up? Is he not up to like 22? Did he sign an extension? I think, yeah, I think. He, oh, yeah, he's him. not up till 22. Uh, All right. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I do think this is probably their best chance to win a championship is this year. So um, this year or next year, because they'll have Nurkic as well. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I'm going to hate watching them and playing against them, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be um, they're going to be really good this year. But the Nuggets will have them uh, tomorrow and then Friday and then uh, boom, just like that. I mean, seven days away from the home opener versus uh, or is it are they on the road for that one? Do they open at home or are they in Sacramento for that game? Let's see. Um, I believe they open at on the road. Let's see. Of course. 
They usually do. Nope, they'll be at home. They'll be at home their first three. Sacramento, LA, and then the Clippers. Obviously, that Clippers or Houston. That Clippers one is the big one because it's the last game on the uh, holiday Christmas schedule there. So we're close. We're barreling down the road to it, and we'll see how it goes. But that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, shout out to the Nuggets and shout out to Drew Locke for, for doing well. Hopefully he can put together another game this weekend. From Brandon Stoll on the other side, I am Stephen Priest Jr. saying happy Nikola Jokic Day. I'm crowning it a holiday since Mayor Hancock won't. This has been the Behind the Glass <laughs> Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys on Friday.